0: Hey everyone, it's Austin Walker here. Giant Bomb presents. Uh, I'm continuing the series of, of talking to our new guest writers, our guest contributors. Today, I'm here with Quinn Murphy, who has a new piece up on the site. Welcome to Giant Bomb Presents. Welcome to Giant Bomb, Quinn.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great, great to be here. Great to uh, be writing for the site.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with with having your piece. It's it's you know people who have been Giant Bomb fans for a while know that there is. Uh, definitely a contingent of our of our community that is deep into role-playing games, deep into tabletop stuff. Uh, and then every now and then, we, we kind of dip our toes there. I know in the past, there had been a Pathfinder game on the site and, and a little bit of D&D. Over the holidays, I did a, a, a fiasco game with the rest of the, the Giant Beast cast, and that went really well. Uh, and now we have uh, our first piece of writing that's that directly talks about why people might like tabletop role playing games and what what maybe differentiates them from the video games we all know and love and why you might want to play uh, a tabletop RPG. But first, I just want to talk about Quinn. Like, what's up? What's your life like? Who are you? What should people know about you?
1: Whoo, Wow, that's like really big and expansive. I know, uh, I know. I'll try and try and fill that space, uh, but not take too long doing it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, my name's Quinn Murphy. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, speaking to sort of sort of just RPGs. I've been playing. RPGs. Since I could get my hands and like comprehend my brother's old like uh, beige D and D books and uh, playing advanced D and D and GMing games. And uh, over the maybe the last ten years, I've uh, I've always sort of had an interest in writing and designing uh, RPGs and things. And uh, over the last uh, decade or so, I've just started writing. I started uh, blogging. Um, I had a blog. Uh, possibly if people knew that D&D game that everyone hated Ed, <laughs> sorry don't kill me uh then you might have uh maybe i uh, had i had a decent site 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 called atwill mm-hmm. um and uh that was sort of where i really sort of uh got to uh, get a lot of experience with sort of not just designing i was always designing stuff but actually putting stuff out there Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, getting feedback, both good and bad, and growing and adapting to it, uh, things of that nature. And um, after a while, I sort of just folded on that and I've been uh, you know and I've been doing a lot of freelancing for other games and stuff uh mm-hmm. it's not just D&D but you know I, I did some I have done some freelancing for uh, Margaret weiss Productions on the Marvel uh the late, latest Marvel game they Which did Which
0: is a pretty cool
1: game yeah Uh yeah well it's my favorite superhero game ever made um I was I was a fan way before I was a a writer on it but I I still love it I still wish it were here um in, uh, you know, in, in a bunch of other different projects and I have some other stuff lined up and, and uh, my new site is a site called Thought Crime mm-hmm. Games and, uh, where we just sort of do weird kind of stuff and I've progressively <laughs> – I feel like I've progressively gone into a more idiosyncratic space each day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny because like, I, I watch your Twitter a lot. You're, you're on Twitter at uh, – what's your actual Twitter handle? Is it just at I- Quinn Murphy?
1: Isa uh, at QH underscore
0: Murphy. QH underscore Murphy. Mm-hmm. I you know, you'll just toss up an interesting little tabletop game experiment, you know? Uh, and like, oh wow, what is this thing? Like what is this weird thing Quinn put together for, for people to like check out today? And I love that a lot. Or like what is this what is this piece that, that he's written from a from a new perspective that I had never considered before? Um, I, I really enjoy that. And and it's interesting to me because I think when a lot of people so I think it's fair to say that, that the, a lot of what you, you do and a lot of what a lot of people in your position in tabletop gaming do is like in the independent experimental space, right? Like you have a, a – I think this is, it's your game. You have a, a sci-fi game. That's a thing that you can kind of just do in five seconds and just like create a world with some friends. Like what is yeah. – what's the name of that?
1: It's called 15-Minute
0: uh, Futures. 15-Minute Futures where you basically say like, all right, let's imagine a cool – like let's imagine an interesting future, an interesting sci-fi world. to to play a different game in. And that's a really fantastic, like, really experimental, quick, playful thing. But also you worked on a Marvel game. And also, you know, you're interested in traditional D&D. And I think that's something really fantastic about the tabletop space is that there is, like you know in video games there's the independent scene quote unquote there's the there's indie games there's triple i big indie there's and people like to kind of make those divisions in their heads as if those are completely different s- social spaces and to some degree there is some some real differentiation right like like you know if a couple of people in there in want to start making indie games right now today they might not ever work on call of duty but in in the tabletop game space things are so intimate, and I'm not trying to say that there's a yeah. flat hierarchy by any means, but things are so intimate that there's a chance that you could be an independent designer who goes on to work on a big project, and oh, that and, sure. and that doesn't even mean that you've upgraded necessarily. It just means for right now you're doing some freelance contract work for Wizards of the Coast, uh, or you mm-hmm. know, or for another major, one of the few major companies out there,
1: you know. Right. It's, well, I mean, the scale is so different, right? The you know to you, you know a large. Uh, a, a super mega large uh, release of a game might have, you know, of an RPG might mean, you know, 20, 30 people in mm-hmm. various parts, uh, where, you know, a large game is like hundreds. Yeah. Um, you know, to – if you count sort of support staff, thousands, you know, like a huge multi million dollar effort for video games, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of it is that scale, right? When you when if just when it's anything less than really a hundred, uh everybody gets to touch a much bigger piece mm-hmm. of the grand thing. And so everyone's connected to that in this deep way where, you know, you can be abstracted like while you're, you know, in a video game, obviously really proud of the things that you're doing. There's parts that you'll just never see or touch. And I, I and I and I see that in the indie space. A so part of that is sort of this pride of ownership.
0: Yeah. What's interesting, too, that you, that you make that connection because it reminds me of something in your piece. Um, you know, in your article, you talk a lot about the way that there is... There, because, game, because video games are now so massive and, and uh, are such a huge undertaking that requires so much work and so much money, it means that there's always going to be a limitation. There are always mm-hmm. going to be doors you can't open uh, because to make every door of the thing that you could open would mean hiring enough artists to make the the assets for the interiors of that stuff and obviously there are people who are, who think that they're working towards solutions with that with things like procedural generation and right. all that uh, but but no matter what there is going to be some limitation right like uh, you know i i might be able to pick up every object in the world but i can't tell my character to eat every object in the world right. not yet right like I, I whereas with a tabletop game you can open every door. You can you can tell your your DM your GM, oh, I want to do this thing, and then uh, you know ideally they say, okay, yeah, let's figure out how you do that, and if it works, and if it does the thing mm. that you intend it to do, or something else happens, or what's a cool collaborative story thing that we could come up with together, if, if it's a game that doesn't even have a GM. Um, so mm-hmm. like so so I think that that's really interesting because in the in big budget games now. You definitely hit those points of like mm-hmm. God, like I just wish that I could do i wish I wish I could take this route, and it's just not available to me mm-hmm. um and it, it, in some ways it feels like it stings all the more because it's rendered in mm-hmm. such high fidelity right
1: yeah, like it brought you to this w- w- incredibly rendered rules i mean I just stop like like I, I, I' like these days I find myself i'm playing a game and I just stop my, my beautiful, my poor, beautiful wife, uh, you know, I stop her. And I was like, no, stop what you're doing. You have to look at this thing on the screen now. <laughs> look at that. That's amazing. Right. And she's like, okay, she's, she's very, you know, she humors me on it, but you know, it's so amazing. But then you, your interactions are limited and, and it's not a complaint, but it's just the, it's the reality of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if, even if you put it out to, to its ultimate point, right. Where they just define Everything you could possibly do, I still feel that in a tabletop RPG, there's room for whimsy, right? What if right. one day you decided, I want to just do out of the thousands of millions of almost seemingly infinite things that they programmed for me to do? Yeah. I just want to like sit here and pick my nose, right? <laughs> and they didn't code that and you couldn't do that in a video game, but you could just do that on a whim, spontaneously.
0: Yeah, there's a million things, right? This is is a thing that we come back to a lot, I think, when we talk about what is it that the rules of the game encourage us to do. Uh, And I think that's the thing that maybe people don't think a lot about in video games, because it maybe seems so obvious, you play Call of Duty, and then the way you're going to solve a problem in Call of Duty is you're going to shoot people or maybe mm-hmm. stab them, right? Uh, if you play The Witcher, you know, maybe your solution is is beyond that. Maybe you can stab people or you can talk out a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a limitation on what you can do. And, and but the thing I think people don't really engage with much, because most of us don't have the kind of terminology with this. or or haven't had the experiences that in the tabletop space, this is all just as true that like (laughs) D and D fourth edition is built in such a way that certain solutions are the the ones that are supported and others, even, even in a game that's as open as D and D is are not as, not as supported. (laughs) Like, like it might not have a system to, to, um, make conflicts that are non-combat as interesting mm-hmm. as it's made combat encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I love about the fact that there are so many different tabletop games, because if I want to play a cool tactics game with my friends, I could play D&D 4th Edition. Uh, mm-hmm. If I want to play a game that is about interpersonal conflict, I could play Fate or uh, something based on the Apocalypse World si- uh, system that ha- that like mm-hmm. has is about characters interacting with each other and, and mm-hmm. struggling. Uh, if I want to play something that has uh, is just about the world and like and and, and what happens to a to a, a kingdom over the course of its of its life, I could play something like Microscope or Kingdom for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things I love about tabletop games is that there seems to be. A, a, a huge variety in the ways in which you can play, mm-hmm. you can you can decide how a story goes. Does that make sense?
1: Oh yeah, and then I, I would even do you one better on that. Is that uh, I, you know, a sort of common theme that that I've come back to uh, uh, recently, and and sort of is dominating uh, some of the work that I'm doing, is this notion of uh, just uh, since. Sort of the rendering engine uh, of tabletop is the the uh, your mind and the consensus of the players mm-hmm. uh, a sh- perceptual shift is a is a game shift right I could change my mind about how I feel about call of duty mm-hmm. but everything works exactly the same. It might help me maybe uh, the perception shift might help me perform a little better or worse, but it doesn't change anything about the rules and choices within the game right but I can make these lateral uh, or sort of, uh, transcendent mental shifts, uh, in how I sort of think about that world or, or life in general. And sort of, it bleeds quickly through the game, you know, know, even in in a game like 4E, you know, I mean, I ran, uh, I, 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 the games I ran on sort of 4E sort of pushed everything to sort of the limits. I ran it I read it really very differently, rules from written, because I just sort of had that. I just like, oh, like, I don't have to do it this way. Because uh, really, RPG rules are just suggestions when it comes down to the end of the day, and you can do whatever you want. And so you can go off the rails, and it's, it's that, that's one of the beauties uh, for me of RPGs. Mm-hmm. You can just sort of choose when you sort of walk off the road and do something else.
0: Yeah, that's totally it. Like, so I, I for me, my favorite example of this in my personal history is I, I have a, uh, as quiet as it's kept, I, I have a, a tabletop game podcast called Friends at the Table. And in our first campaign, we were playing Dungeon World, and there was this moment where the the players had encountered a bunch of of pirates. They were on their way to go do like the the Final Fantasy style go get the gem from the tower quest, right? Like <laughs> go get a thing, go get the the MacGuffin. Uh, and and because a character hadn't dealt with. Um, uh, hadn't like finished off this pirate in an earlier encounter. I was like, oh well, you know, this is the area where that pirate I think exists and like and like kind of uh, uh, stalks the seas. Uh, maybe they'll they'll encounter uh, that pirate here. And so I had it show up, and I kind of said like, oh well, there's this pirate boat here. And um, one of the characters basically said, well, wait, didn't didn't Hella didn't this one player character hurt that dude really bad last time they fought? Like, is he dead? Like, is he is this a zombie p- pirate? And I was like huh (laughs) is it a zombie pirate okay yeah and then i had to have the conversation for myself later which was like okay what what like what what is the world in which zombie pirates make any amount of sense at all and i ended up having like just if you've if you've ever dm'd a game before you you know that sometimes prep can be doing the preparation of running a game can be A slog and sometimes it can just be this amazing experience of just like oh it's all coming together in my head and so I like developed an entire community around this like what's the world of these pirate of this pirate fleet the zombie pirate fleet look like like who are they serving? what purposes are they are they serving? because one of the rules for me in that game was like i 'm going to treat every character as a character, like no one in this world is just a bad guy, like they're pirates for a reason. what is that reason? they're zombies for a reason, not just because there are zombies in this world, what made them zombies and my players pushed me to make that to to have to answer that because after that basic encounter happened, they could have continued going on their way, but they ended up going to investigate where those people had been from, where those pirates had been from. And it ended up being just like this amazing high point for for that part of the campaign of just like seeing this incredible world of the undead and like what their what their city looked like. And it was just – I love that tabletop games let me do that, right? Like if I'm playing – Sometimes I get that impression from from a video game like, uh, you know, a Bethesda-style open-world RP- RPG uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I wonder if I can just go in this direction and eventually I'll find something cool. Like you get a little bit of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in tabletop games, especially tabletop games where you, you really have a collaborative relationship with your players where you kind of both say – um, both the players and the and the DM or the GMs are able to, s- to invent things about the world okay. together, you can kind of just say, like, well, what if this? Like, what if this is a cool idea? Let's let's talk All about right. this for a little bit. Um, and I just love that so much. And it's the thing you've hit in your piece, too, which is, like, m- people often maybe give tabletop RPGs the wrong definition. Like, there's mm-hmm. – uh, maybe not the wrong one, but, but one that's a little too murky or a little too heavy, a little too clunky – at the end of the day, it's a conversation between friends, right? right? It's it's you and me sitting at a table and saying, "What's a cool story we could tell?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is that is that something yeah. that you've seen? Is that attitude something that you've seen kind of pop up over the last few years in, in tabletop games? Is that kind of how you've always thought about them?
1: I mean, for for me, it's it's an interesting thing because you go, um, you know, there's there's this. It feels like a cycle to me. And I remember um, when I first sort of – like the very first experience I had, I didn't know uh, – you know, early role-playing games were just terrible at teaching you the rules. And you could play a game for a, a year and not – and like then find out later that you did half of it, it – half of it being generous Mm -hmm. at least half of everything wrong completely wrong (laughs) and um but you were having fun and you didn't really care but then like you found out i was doing this wrong so okay let me get this right and you spend a lot of time focusing okay here are my rules i'm gonna play and i mean even if they're they're terrible mindless rules like you know like uh first edition uh advancing these encumbrance rules right. right or the crazy psionic rules right like but you're just following them to a T, uh and, and then you kind of part of you is thinking well part of what i have to do is get it right right and if i'm doing it wrong then it's, on my,
0: it's my fault if i'm doing it wrong you know it's not right. the, there's nothing wrong with the game i'm goofing i'm messing up so so if it's broken it's because it's me i didn't follow the rules strictly enough
1: right and then and then part of it is is that the games are about getting you know and then and then at least from what i've seen and and, and sort of lived myself is about getting this murky it right mm-hmm. and then and then for me at least i i'm at this current point where i'm just like jeez really overcomplicated things. Right. And, and that we, you know, if we kind of step back and look at it and it's like, well, no, it is just, you know, you go almost back to the beginning. You're like, well, no, this is just me talking with my friends doing crazy stuff. And we, we can use dice or a system to push things along and sort of create surprise or suspense, but that's not the uh, main thing. Right. Uh, or it doesn't have to be the main thing. Like that is one possible way to do it. And that's, fine, but there are other ways to do it Mm -hmm. uh, that are just as fine. Just
0: as valid, exactly. It's funny to think about this stuff, and we could go on for hours and hours here, Uh, in terms of, like, using console commands or something in Mm -hmm. in a PC game or or cheating in 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 any game, where it's like, it it feels somehow, we've reached a point in tabletop RPGs where finally, for a lot of people, at least in the circles I run, and
1: you, Mm. you...
0: the the kind of like make your own house rules has finally really started to sink in. Mm-hmm. Partially because I think some of the systems that have taken off recently have been about making your own house rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's it's sort of like saying make the game that you want it to be. Like if you're playing Fallout 4, turn off the encumbrance because you don't want to play with encumbrance on, go for it. If you're the same thing as if you're playing first edition, you don't want to deal with encumbrance right now, totally go for it. And the thing again that I really love about tabletop games is that 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 is like written into the core of them in a real way, or at least into the ones that I really love, is like mm. take from them the thing that you need to to tell a cool story with your friends, whether that story is a big swashbuckling adventure or a, a political thriller or you know a, a, a just a tactical grind fest. Like turn this thing into the thing that you want it to be. Uh, I really love that about them, and and it seems like it seems like for you both as a designer and a critic. You really like the fact that you have both video games and tabletop RPGs in your life uh, to kind of scratch all of those different itches.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, because one of the things that RPGs, it, it's not talked too much about, but uh, RPGs, you know, because they're low fidelity, right? Conversation is not, um, nearly as immediately visually stimulating saying mm-hmm. um, that they always sort of suffer from like certain things are just uh, hard uh, if you don't have the pictures for them and you don't have um, sort of the the imagery for it. And so, oh my God, what if there were a whole genre of uh, you know, games and and entertainment that was all about creating like luscious, incredible imagery and building these worlds that you could just, Basically, you know, if I tell you, you know, if, if anybody who's ever played Bloodborne, which is I, I, I use it for a few examples um, in, in the, the piece because I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I uh, tell you about, you know, the werebeast, uh, you know, or uh, describe right. a monster, you can, you'll you immediately now uh, we have a common language, a visual language. Yeah. Uh, that lets us make up from the low fidelity we've already sort of experienced and see it and know it. Right. Like now-
0: playing in a, a tabletop game of Bloodborne. Everyone at the mm-hmm. table would immediately you'd say the word oh you know you would describe a hunter or something and right. everyone would know okay this is a big deal there's a hunter in this room hunters don't mess around they're very dangerous and they're mm-hmm. very scary like that's that's having that, that shared shorthand is really great especially if you're playing for the first time or with pl- other players who are playing for the first time right uh, so okay. I guess before I let you go what are mm-hmm. some recommendations for people who maybe really want to jump into tabletop RPGs. Um, but but who who are nervous about it or who you just don't know where to look or where to start?
1: Uh, a great source to um, so, so a few few things. Uh, uh, one that I uh, did not mention in the article, uh, but is a great start is Fiasco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, a very loose sort of you place uh, you act out sort of uh, crazy characters like in a Coen Brothers film. Yep. Uh, easy to get started with. Uh, the, um, you know, I mentioned Storium, which is kind of a play-by-post thing, but it really gets it right um, and lets you sort of uh, dip in at a, a slower pace, but also just sort of get some of that fiction goodness and get some cool writing in. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's so much stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, again, I mentioned Fate Accelerated in there, and that's just a great toolbox. And uh, I yeah, I guess those are the sort of three ones I – oh, and uh, Primetime Adventures, another one. That's that a mentioned. really cool game. Yeah, yeah and that, that's, a, that's a really great one for sort of uh, – is is centered around sort of the language of TV storytelling. So it should be accessible to anybody who's watched TV, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming is a lot of us.
0: Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. Right. Well, that's really great. I'm really – I you know. As always, I'm a big proponent of tabletop RPGs. If, if people are interested in Fiasco, you can go back and listen to the uh, Christmas edition of the the Beastcast where me, Vinny, Jeff, and Alex played through a game of Fiasco, and it was the first time any of them had ever played it, and it went so well. And, like, uh, if you have any interest in, in that sort of storytelling, that is a place uh, where, where you can kind of uh, kick it off, along with all the other great games Quinn recommended. Quinn, where can people find you on the internet?
1: <laughs> um, uh, a few places. Uh, again, I'm on Twitter uh, at, on, uh, at QH underscore Murphy. Just a warning, I do often do tweet storms. I try and keep them interesting, <laughs> but I will clog a timeline, so be careful. At least you're you're upfront about that. I'm uh, very upfront about that. Uh, uh, you can find me on uh, my, my site is thoughtcrimegames.net. And, uh, you know, I'm posting a few times a a month, just uh, uh, varying uh, theories. Uh, Lately, I'm talking about social fiction, which also brings me to my newsletter, uh, bi-weekly, bi-tri-weekly newsletter called Social Fictions. Uh, I have a kind of term for a thing that includes role-playing, but... Is more expansive mm-hmm. uh, for group collaborative storytelling. Uh, that uh, just a term that I call social fiction, and I've been talking a lot about that and uh, just other elements right. of that on on there. So uh, should you be have, read.
0: You have a game coming out sometime soon, I hope. In Five Fires, what what's the date? Oh, on Five there- Fires,
1: yeah, Five Fires. Um, so it, it, it was interesting. A lot of the stuff that I'm on right now came because of Five Fires, mm-hmm. and so it's forced uh, me to, I have a beta of it up now, it's very playable, it's actually good, just not the game I want to make right now. I gotcha. Um, and so, so now I have to sort of take some of the stuff I've done and come back to it, but Five Fires, in short, is an RPG about art, and that art is uh, hip-hop. Right. Uh, hip-hop. So
0: Five also. Fires, of course, are DJing, graffiti, mm-hmm. MCing, breaking, self-knowledge. Yep. Got it.
1: Yep. Got and it. so, and yeah, so you play sort of a, a, a crew, uh, you know, back in sort of a, uh, you know, the, the prime thing is sort of set in the golden days of uh, hip hop. And, uh, you know, you, you you play through and try and uh, do something with your art and, and affect uh, the world and change your circumstance.
0: That sounds so dope. I'm, I hope people check that out and check you out. Thank you so much for writing for the site and for, for coming on Giant Bomb Presents with me. Thank you for having me. Have a good one.
1: Yeah, you too.